Welcome to the Messenger Podcast. I hope that you will sit back and take a few moments to listen to what the Spirit of the Lord would like to say to you today. He is encouraging us and challenging us to not be afraid, but to be strong in the power of His might. Now, let's go to today's podcast. I am returning now with a podcast that I had promised would follow the previous podcast where we talked about and now for a time in review before the new. And this podcast is one that I have sat on for about a year due to the fact of it being uh, pretty intense for me uh, receiving this from the Lord and of course trying to figure out how to put into words what you see in the Spirit, in a vision from the Lord and uh, understanding it and scripturally applying what you have seen and learned For me, it's a very serious and holy thing, and I wanted to make sure that I really presented it at the time and in the way that the Lord would want me to. So we're going to get started with that. Before I do, I want you to know that at the end of my podcast, I will be sharing about two different conferences that the Lord has opened the door for me to go and minister in. So those of you who often write or ask if I'm going to be in your area, the Lord is beginning to loosen those doors up again since the COVID bioweapon attack on our world. And so you can look that up at the end. And also my website has all the information you would need about those. So this vision has a little bit of groundwork in it. Last podcast, I shared about a vision or a word from the Lord that I had in 2016 called the coming whirlwind or the great coming whirlwind of God. And I also shared about what the Lord was wanting us to see in adjusting what we needed to look at in our hearts regarding where we are at right now in this time in the earth. I believe that this vision that I had from the Lord is so right now in the timing the precision timing of the Lord to share that I almost shake a little bit. I feel a little trembly sharing it because I know we are coming up to a climax of something in the earth and that God is not mocked and he is not a fool and God is not afraid nor is he worried and he will not in any way, shape or form allow wickedness to rule and reign. But in that process, God does a deep work within his own people Because if there's wickedness in his own, he must judge fairly and rightly. And he's so good to give us time to get repentance going, to be accountable, to get the help we need. And when we don't, he has to bring his pure and righteous hand of judgment. And he has to do a cleaning house because God does not tolerate darkness in his light. So I'm going to begin to share the vision The scripture verse that is started with this vision is the picture uh, that you will see on the podcast itself. I'd like you to take a look at it and please have mercy and grace over me (laughs) because trying to put a graphic together and combine them all with what I saw and how I saw it was uh, a little challenge. The scripture verse that started this vision was very intense and of course, when we don't understand what the word is always saying, sometimes we're a little not sure what we do with this. So I did a lot of studying and praying and referencing before I chose to really open myself up to recording this. 
that scripture verse is Nahum 1, 3 through 4. The Lord is slow to anger, but great in power. The Lord will not leave the guilty unpunished. His way is in the whirlwind and the storm, and clouds are the dust of his feet. He rebukes the sea and dries it up, and he makes all the rivers run dry. So I was in our lower level in our basement, and I had been worshiping, just talking to the Lord, praying about all that was going on in the earth, and began to get up to walk towards the area to go up the stairway. And all of a sudden, I felt this presence of the Lord come on me. And I know when this happens, he's getting ready to speak to me or show me something, or I'm being called into immediate intercession for something. And I've just learned to stop and stand there and say, Lord, what is it that you want me to do to know I'm here? Speak to me. And I was just absolutely feeling weak, just like I was going to faint. I was under such a strong drawing to his spirit presence and so I began to walk and went upstairs and went into my room it's a guest room we have but I use it as my reading and praying room and sat down in the chair there and about the time I sat down I was and I share this with such uh, it's so uncomfortable to share when you have these experiences because the world and often in charismatic environments either they mock what happens to someone or unfortunately in spirit-filled charismatic environments, things get hypersensationalized to the point that someone's having a vision every moment, every five minutes, they've got a word from the Lord and they're rushing to post it or print it and that's up to them. But we, we tend to get very critical and maybe jaded that when something authentic really happens to someone, we immediately put it through this filter of, I don't know. And so I understand your possible hesitancy to say, we'll see. And you know, there's nothing wrong with testing a vision or a word of God. You absolutely should. But what I'm saying to you is I come before you with this because the Lord has a warning and a promise in it. And I am, I am compelled by him to share this as quickly and as succinctly as I can with you now to the best of the ability by the Spirit of God. So I was sitting in the chair and I am now standing out in a barren area up on a slight hill and I'm looking out over the land in front of me and in the back distance I can see some slight hills I kind of recognize the horizon maybe some foothills in Colorado and there was a sun trying to somewhat set in the background like it was at the low level before sunset in autumn in Colorado it kind of just rests back there in a yellow kind of reddish tint and I was standing there looking at all of this and my physical body was standing looking and I was like above it in the spirit watching this take place and like the Holy Spirit was with me instructing me what I was to be observing and next to me was Jesus he was standing there by my side now, before I step forward, I want you to know that I had no idea why in this vision Jesus was the way he was until after I'd had the vision, because a week later we had been helping care for a little foster baby girl and a brand new baby grandson. 
and our son had gotten food poisoning. So we went down to help care with these children and the little girl tended to be very ill because she needed medical care uh, and was forever getting respiratory infections. And so we were cleaning and doing everything parents do to help and assist in holding the new grandbaby. And I was in there with Clorox, getting everything with Clorox. And my face was probably down in germs. And so what we did not know is that my son probably had a second round of COVID and was reacting to it. It was a different strain, but the little girl had RSV. So both my husband and I came home and shortly within 48 hours began with symptoms of massive RSV, which is respiratory something virus. I always get the middle part wrong. And also the, the big gun COVID that everybody got. And in that process, it was weeks of fighting. Colorado forbade any kind of ivermectin, hydroxychloroquine. Of course, we'd been taking all the vitamin protocols and so on, but we were able through missionaries to get ivermectin and hydroxychloroquine, but we did not know we had what we had until it got so bad. So we knew we were pretty much on our own with the Lord and we didn't want anybody coming to take care of us because we didn't want to infect them. So I was laying on the bed and my last testimony beforehand, I, you probably heard it when I told my story, I was laying on the bed and Jesus was standing by the bed. I was to the point where I knew I had shallow breaths left, that it, this was it. And I was walking in the valley of the shadow of death. And I have learned since then that there is death and there's the valley of the shadow of death where you were in the shadow of it, that it's right next to you, but there's a shadow of death over you. And it says that, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, you are with me. And sure enough, during that time when I had the last two shallow breaths, I thought that I was going to take, my words to Jesus were, if I die and I don't wake up, I have to sleep now, then I'm with you. And I was travailing and crying for a good 48 hours because I was sad. And then the other part of me said, Lord, if I wake up and I'm still here, then use me to the fullest all that you can until it is my time. And I was expecting bells and whistles and angels and, you know, the smell of frankincense and singing birds and the glory of God to come and raise me up off the bed. I really did expect it. But what happened was, instead, there was a steady, non-emotional, intense presence that stood by my side and the voice spoke, I am. And it was with authority and it wasn't messing with me and anything emotional. It was a fact that whatever he was in that moment sustained me. And I could see in the spirit, I could see a sash across him and I could see him holding my hand. And then I was breathing so shallowly, I just said, I'm sorry, Jesus, I have to go to sleep. Whatever happens, I trust you. And I did. And when I woke up, I was totally aware and awake and knew that I had lived. It had been many hours later. And I immediately heard the Holy Spirit say, start the ivermectin. And from that point on, I won't go any further because that's when the healing process began. But I wanted to tell you about Jesus standing by my side looking at me intently, holding my hand in the spirit, but there was not any kind of crying or he wasn't showing sadness or compassion or emotion. He was the sovereign presence holding 
me together. So now we go back to the vision. I am standing there. Jesus is with me. I'm looking out over this land and the land was so parched. The ground was curling up in rectangle sizes. You could just probably pull a piece off like a slab of cardboard that had sat out in the sun and bent around the corners. The entire land mass in front of me was covered in this parched, dry desert. And I was looking at it saying, it's so dry. There's just nothing of moisture here. And I was asking Jesus, what am I looking at? What am I seeing? And Jesus was just looking at me like, you're learning. I want you to observe, you're to learn, to take this in. So I kept looking and seeing this. And as I was looking further out on the horizon, this was to the left of me. Jesus was standing to the right of me. I looked up past the shoulder of Jesus in the distance to the right, and I saw a swirling, I would say boiling looking red cloud. And it was the color of terracotta, like garden pots that we use to put plants in, that earthy clay soil. And I'm watching this dust cloud boil and boil and grow larger and larger. And I'm getting a little concerned because it's up pretty high in the sky, but it's coming our direction and it's kind of at vanishing point angle. Here it comes and it's starting to make a noise. It's swooshing and beginning to drop this dust down on the ground and blow across this dry parched area. And the more it began to come my direction, I was concerned. Jesus took me by the hand and it was again this, I am here, no matter what happens, no matter what comes, I am. Then I suddenly begin to see the cloud is being pushed by something. Something's driving this cloud forward. And it was a sleek, dynamic train. And I tried to make it look right in my art piece that I created for it. It's not quite right, but it was more sleek and dynamic, but it was the best I could come up with. And so this train had these massive wheels that were turning and you could hear the power, the dynamic power, the clicking, nothing was missing. Not one cylinder was off. It was churning and churning and chuffing and chuffing and nothing was going to stop the destination of this train, and it was driving a storm forward, pushing this storm. The sound became so loud and powerful that you trembled at the strength and the might and the power of the force of this train, and it was moving up above us. The dirt of this cloud, the dust of this cloud was sifting down over me and Jesus. And it was such fine, silty soil, reddish soil. I could see it gathering in the beard of Jesus and in his hair. And then I, in the vision, I had much longer hair and it was falling down into my hair and on our arm when I was holding his hand, I could see it gathering on the sleeve of my arm and dress and on his sleeve. And he kept looking at me. And as long as I kept referencing back to him as this storm was dumping this mass amount of 
whatever it was, the substance that was being driven by this force, driven out, driven over. As long as I looked at him, I had a non-emotional response, but a steady calm that knew I was being held by a power greater than anything that could ever come against me. And this went on and on, and the dust was so clogged and cloudy that I could just see the silhouette of Jesus, but I had his hand. And we held our hand and stood there as this loud, powerful, dynamic train begins to just roar over the top of us. Then I heard a voice shout out over the sound of all this, and it was firm. It said, dunamis, dunamis, the dunamis power. And I stood there just Dunamis, I know what that means. That's a Greek word. It means dynamite, dynamo. In the spirit, I'm standing there in this vision, trying to remember the power of that word and it's passing. And that word was written on the train as I watched it finally pass by and begin to go further up in the sky and pass by us. Suddenly it got quieter and it was a earth-shaking, vibrating, storm that was driven by, by this forceful dunamis power of God. Again, the Holy Spirit and I were standing up at the back watching this, watching me and Jesus at the same time. And the Holy Spirit was saying to me, watch, learn, observe. And so again, Jesus kind of turned his head and looked out over the valley and indicated to me, I want you to look out here. And I looked and the dust had begun to settle and I could identify, oh, we haven't been moved, Nothing, nothing's different except I'm in the same place, except the horizon in the back looks the same. The sun is in the exact same place it was, just about ready to get ready to set in the same position in the sky. But the land that had been parched and curled up and dry with no life, no water, no moisture in it whatsoever, every single crevice, or crevasse, every single surface was covered in this thick layer of this red dust that had come. It was completely transformed into a different look and land. And at that point, I was just in awe. I did not understand what that meant. And wham, I am back out of the vision and sitting in my chair gasping what have I just had happen to me? And of course, I started crying, asking God, oh, show me, Father, Father, Jesus, Holy Spirit, what have you just shown me? What are you saying? And all I heard the Spirit of the Lord say, these are things to come. Learn about them, prepare, and I'll tell you when to share. And then, of course, I had the COVID experience, and I experienced the same kind of thing with Jesus during that, the dunamis, safe, strong, I am power. And so here we are now, after I've shared the vision, what does it mean? That's where we're going to head forward. The word dunamis is actually a Greek word, and it is used 120 times in the New Testament. In a looser sense, the word means or refers to being having strength or power or ability. And it's the real root word of the English word we use for dynamite or dynamo or dynamic. Mark 9.1, Jesus said, Truly I tell you, some of you who are standing here will not taste death before they see that the kingdom of God has come with 
dunamis, with power. And that's what it means in that verse. However, dunamis is not just any power. The word often refers to a miraculous power or a marvelous work, like in Matthew 7.22 or in Acts 8.13. And dunamis can also refer to a moral power and excellence of soul. That means a moral dynamite power and excellence of strength in moral power. Now, to go back to the vision and the word, I understood when the Lord spoke the scripture verse to me in the word that he gave me about the coming whirlwind of God in 2016, the verse was, his ways were in the whirlwind and the storm and the clouds were the dust of his feet. Well, the full verse is, the Lord is slow to anger, but great in dunamis, great in power. The Lord will not leave the guilty unpunished. His way is in the whirlwind and the storm, and clouds are the dust of his feet. He rebukes the sea, and he dries it up, and he makes all the rivers run dry. So what the Lord was saying to me in that verse was, I am slow to get angry with mankind, but I am great in dynamic power. My dunamis power will drive a storm, and the Lord will not leave the guilty unpunished. And I want you to hear me clearly. I believe I have heard the Lord clearly say, there are judgments coming on the earth for the wicked, horrible, dark things that have been done to mankind. And the Lord's dunamis power is allowing and driving a storm out, but with that storm, the dust is of his feet. The clouds are the dust of his feet, meaning, his feet will drive out his dunamis power. When he walks on the earth, he drives out the dust of the earth and he rebukes the sea and dries it up. He makes all the rivers run dry. And I believe that what I saw was the land was desperate for water, that it, the land had receded away from where there were lakes and there was water and they were running dry and he was rebuking it because man was mishandling the earth. Man was mishandling it to harm other mankind. And the thing about this verse that was so powerful was the Lord is slow to anger, but great in power. Now, he also said he will not leave the guilty unpunished. When I was standing there observing what I saw in this overwhelming moment, as I began seeing this dirt began to swirl and drop down on me. The song I had sung in worship for years, it was the Bible verse out of Isaiah 6 that said was in the year that King Uzziah had died. He said, and of course it's referenced in Matthew 13, Mark 4, and also in Acts 28, I saw the Lord seated on a throne, high and exalted, and the train of his robe filled the temple with glory. Above him stood the seraphim, each having six wings. With two wings they covered their faces, and with two they covered their feet, and with two they were flying. But they were calling out to one another, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. All the earth is full of his glory. And the Lord was trying to say to me, I am pushing the storm out, and as the storm is the dust of my feet, I am cleansing the earth, I am with my dunamis, dynamite power. The sound of my dynamite, dunamis power is a force 
and a, a precision engine. It is a precision power that nothing can stop what I am going to do. But in this, the fallout will be that there will be people drenched in the fallout of what is coming. But in that fallout, we are also with Jesus. We are covered in the glory of God while these processes will take place, that we were full of his glory. It said at that point, at the sound of their voices, the doorposts and the thresholds shook, and the temple was filled with smoke. And then it said, Woe is me, for I am ruined. I am a man of unclean lips, dwelling among a people of unclean lips. My eyes have seen the King and the Lord of hosts. Then one of the seraphim flew to me, and his hand was a glowing coal that he had taken with tongs from the altar. And he touched my mouth with it and said, Now this has touched your lips. Your sin is removed, and your sin has been atoned for. Then I heard the voice of the Lord saying, And here's what I want you to hear clearly from the Spirit of God. He is touching us with an opportunity to be cleansed, rejuvenated, dynamo, dynamited. Some of us need to have dynamite lit underneath us. But the dunamis power of God is coming and it is saying, who will I send? Who will go for us? And what did he say? Here I am, Lord, send me. And he replied, go and tell this people, be ever hearing, but never understanding, be ever seeing, but never perceiving. Make the hearts of this people callous, deafen their ears and close their eyes. Otherwise they might see with their eyes, hear with their ears, understand with their hearts and turn and be healed. Then I asked, oh, how long, O oh Lord? And he replied, until the cities lie ruined and without inhabitant, until the houses are left unoccupied and the land is desolate and ravaged. And so the Lord is basically saying to us that he is going to allow this storm to pass over the earth. He is in the heavenly realm with a dunamis power. He is preparing the storm of God. And listen, some of you are immediately saying, oh yeah, you're talking about political things. You're talking about the Trump train. You're talking about, you know, the storm. We're in the storm. The storm is coming. No, I am not. If God wants to use those as metaphors to get people to wake up, I'm all for it. I just know that I remember my dear friend John Paul Jackson years ago having a word from the Lord called the perfect storm. And I remember being in the conference with him, ministering in that conference with him, and him sharing that, and nobody believed, like, nah, that's not going to happen for a long time. Well, that thing is now. And this, this dynamo that I saw, this dunamis engine, machine, trained, sleek, fast, strong, driven by a power that was so strong, it shook everything. You stood there in terror at the loud, powerful strength of this thing. Nothing was going to stand in its way. Nothing can stand before it, except Jesus was standing there looking at me saying, look at me. I'm in the storm with you. My hand is with you. My hand is upon you. Learn, learn, learn. And so we are in that place, my brothers and sisters. We are in the time we all knew something would come eventually. We didn't know what it was. But know this. The word is so good. And in Psalm 31, 23 through 24, here is David. He'd been through some tremendous 
heartbreak with his family, uh, things being torn with his son Absalom, trying to instruct him about what not to get involved in the world. And Absalom was listening to the narrative of his own flesh and the narrative that you're going to rise up and be the greater king. David's words were, where would I be if I didn't believe I would experience the Lord's favor in the land of the living? Rely on the Lord, be strong and confident. Rely on the Lord, that's Psalm 27, 13 through 14. And then he says, love the Lord. He's prophesying, Lord, love the Lord, all you faithful followers of his. The Lord protects those who have integrity, but he pays back in full the one who acts arrogantly. Be strong and confident, all you who wait on the Lord. Now the dynamo, a dynamo generates power. The dunamis of God is a power generator. Something dynamic is not laid back. It is on the move. And in the critical years that lie before the church of our day, some of us may be faced with being courageous believers in the face of martyrdom. Certainly most of us will face testings of various kinds frequently in our service for Christ. But whether it be in perilous times or in the normal course of our lives before God, may we resolve so to live as to keep God's will, honor his word, and walk faithfully before him. May we be courageous believers, for only then can we be assured that God will be with us wherever he calls us to serve. The Greek word dunamis is used 120 times in the New Testament. Loosely, remember I said it refers to strength, power, or ability. Now, the word for us is this most important, that in the last days of Earth's history, Jesus will appear with salvation and power, or the translation of that word in that structure is salvation and dunamis. The same dunamis power that was shouted at me, dunamis, dunamis, the dunamis power of God. And that is Revelation 12:10. Jesus will appear with salvation and the dunamis power of God. What does that mean? It comes to do a thorough and cleansing work as well as to do a work of just and right judgment. And I want you to know that the scripture verse in 2 Timothy 1.17, listen to this. We quote it, but we didn't realize what was in there for us to grasp. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, of dunamis, and of love, and of a sound mind. Now listen, the world is crazy out there. It is sending a narrative. There is all kinds of uh, special operations, mind control. Just watch your news. Just watch the commercials. Watch the narratives being shoved in the faces of parents. But the Lord says, I have given you not a spirit of fear, but of power, of dunamis, dynamite, dynamic, extra strengthened, God-given power and of love and a mind that is sound. You are not going to be convinced of the things that the evil side of this world is trying to consume your brain with. And it also says that he will give you a new dynamo that will power your life. Ephesians 3, 20-21 says, Now to him who is able to do far more abundantly than 
all that we ask or even could think, according to the power, dunamis, at work within us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. Remember that verse in Nahum 1.3, the Lord is slow to anger, but great in dunamis, great in power. He is an unstoppable force. You will not stop his destination, and he's aiming at you and I. He will certainly not allow the wicked to go unpunished. And he marches out in the billowing whirlwind and the raging storm. Dark storm clouds billow like dust under his feet. But he is faithful and just to help us make it through whatever we are going through. We have to be strong now. We have to be bold. We have to be courageous. And with these critical things facing the church, facing the body of Christ, I want you to know the storm is coming. It is coming and the land is dry. The land is crying out for refreshing and renewal and water that only God can bring. Our job is to learn and to observe what God is saying and to hold the hand of Jesus, look into his eyes and know that no matter what we don't feel, what we aren't getting emotionally, spiritually, the Spirit of God is. He is. I am that I am. From the beginning to the end, I am the beginning and the end, the Alpha and the Omega. And I will never leave you as long as you stand here before me, allowing me to allow my dunamis power to judge the righteous things in you and to also do the things that need to be done. You know, we look at that last verse where we talked about, yea, though I walk through the valley. That was a valley of the shadow of death right there watching that parched land. And I didn't know if I was going to live. I didn't know if it was a nuclear uh, dust falling on me. I don't know. I know that whatever it was, I was spared, covered in it. But I was with Jesus. And when the dust settled, I was able to see a new thing had been done in the dry places and that I had not lost time, that it was a divine moment of God's sovereignty and his ultimate maximum power. But the valley of the shadow of death, what does it say? Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, you are with me and your rod and your staff, they comfort me. In closing, my friends, one of the translations for the word of the valley of the shadow of death is the valley of deep darkness. We are in a valley of deep darkness in the earth, but the Lord is with us. We are to not fear evil. Evil wants us to be afraid and presume that God is powerless over the dark, deep, evil things going on. He is a dynamic, dunamis power. He is so strong. The sound of his power is overwhelming. You just shatter from it if Jesus wasn't standing there holding you. You would literally shatter from it, but Jesus holds you steady and says, I want you to understand the power of my power, my Father's power. It is the strongest power in the heavenlies ever. And I want you to know that dwelling in the house of the Lord means you dwell in his presence. The scripture says better is one day in your house 
better is one day in your courts than a thousand elsewhere. We have been experiencing the presence of the Lord in our gathering in prayer that we have weekly. I can't wait to run to get to this meeting. And we get worship music background. It's just to prepare our hearts. And we wait and we worship and we cleanse our hearts. And this thick presence of the Lord comes over us. We pray and we intercede and each person is engaged. There is nothing, nothing like the presence of the Lord when he comes into his house and we come into his presence. There is nothing like it and I encourage you, the power of God is now resting upon gatherings of prayer in homes. It's gonna rest on you by your bed when you kneel down to cry out to God for your children. It's resting on you when you pull your car over because you're compelled by the Lord to pray. The presence of the Lord where God is moving sovereignly right now among those who hear what the Spirit of the Lord is saying is when you are face to face with Jesus, you are in his presence and intercession, and you are pouring out this time in prayer as we walk through this valley of this deep darkness and in this storm. Prayer is the agenda, the dunamis power of God right now. As we pray in the spirit and we yield to the power, the dunamis power of the Holy Spirit, he prays through us. And we are a force in the kingdom of God and darkness cannot stand. God's power is unstoppable and he is calling you and he is calling I to come into a place of preparation and intercession as the storm begins to come our way. I'd like to encourage you to share this message with others and for those of you that have an interest in the retreat and the conference that I'm going to be, one is a one-day conference, the other is a full weekend conference, one will be in the OMG Church in Aurora, Colorado. You can see the date in October, the second weekend of October. And the last weekend of October from Thursday through Sunday, there's a conference in St. Louis, Missouri, and it is by registration. It's going to be limited seating. We're going to make it intimate, but there is definitely room for you if you would like to have information about that please go to my website at www.marylindow.com and you can find all the information about those two retreats there. I bless you. I want to thank those of you who unbelievably, just about the time I think I can't pay for any more podcasts, I can't put any more out, someone is blessing and comes and sends a lovely $100, $500 check and I'm clean for a while to keep everything covered. If the Lord would move on your heart to help me continue, I would really appreciate it. This podcast has now been picked up by a hundred different podcast companies that now take my feed and send it out free across the world. I'm just, I don't know how it happens. It's the Lord doing something on the, on the wings of his spirit. Thank you so much for listening. Please, please listen again. Take notes, share it with your friends, and prepare. Prepare in prayer. Learn. Listen to what the Spirit of the Lord is saying to His church. I bless you in the mighty dunamis power of the name of Jesus Christ as we leave today. Goodbye for now.